don't know about you, but as I've gotten older, time goes faster. Does that, is that how it works? Anybody else in here who's older realizes that? I'm telling you what, it's October already. I know that uh, January is right around the corner, and so I'm kind of a little freaking out a little bit here that, uh, man, 2023 is right on the cusp. You're saying, be quiet. <laughs> anyway, I have a calendar. For those of you who want to know what's going on in October around uh, the church, we have a uh, fellowship dinner on the 19th and Pumpkin Spice Holiday Bazaar next Sunday morning. Just make sure we got everything kind of set up and uh, we should have signs along all of Highway 58 and maybe sneaking into Cresswell if we got a secret agent over there that uh, is going to help us out. So I'm going to sneak into Cottage Grove, and we're going to try and really crank this up a little bit this year. So anyway, if you uh, are involved and uh, want to help out, if you haven't been, that we'd love to have you next Sunday right after assembly. Another announcement uh, before we sing uh, happy birthday to sev several folks uh, this morning. Um, I was offered to be paid off for not singing happy birthday to one of them. Uh, I, I can't be paid off. That's just not how that works. My faith will not be paid off. Uh, anyway, uh, I, I want to ask you, brethren, if you would uh, commit to praying for Kirk and Melissa Parks. Put them really high on your prayer list. Um, today, the congregation is, is going to be asked whether they would like Kirk and Melissa to serve them as their full-time minister. Uh, the eldership, leadership there uh, are very excited about that possibility. Honestly, I'm very excited about it too because uh, you know, Kirk is an excellent teacher, excellent preacher. Um, so uh, be prayerful. And here's why I'm asking you to be prayerful is that uh, the devil hates the truth. The devil hates the truth. He wants preachers that are going to preach milk, toast, and pablum and pudding. And unfortunately, that's happening way, way too much. You know, and people are not being taught what repentance is, which is one of the huge essential pillars of salvation. And so uh, I am confident that Kirk will stay the course. He'll preach the truth. But you know what's coming his way, don't you? As a preacher, I know what's coming his way. And so I would ask that you would pray fervently both for Kirk and Melissa. The people at Alvador, as we, as all peoples who love God, need the truth, as Jeff said, to grow. It can't happen without the word of God. So would you uh, continue to pray with me uh, that God would grant uh, uh, Kirk wisdom but also, too, yesterday I had dinner with him, and uh, I kind of pinched his arm, and I said, mm, you're going to have to get a little thicker skin, man. <laughs> I don't know if he appreciated that or not, but, you know, the reality is, is that the preacher becomes the target and the whipping boy. You know, the preacher says something, and people get upset. And I'm not saying that necessarily about this group. It's been pretty awesome working with you. Over the years, we've grown up together. It's pretty awesome, actually. And uh, we've been through our bumps together. And uh, so, and uh, some of those bumps have been big. Some of those bumps, 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 bumps has been little. But uh, we made it through and we're continuing to grow. And I'm really excited about that. 
So let's pray for Kirk right now because the congregation is actually conversing right now because they're, they're, they're pretty well done uh, for the morning. He's just finished up preaching. So the congregation is going to be uh, brought into the mix. By the way, that's right to do. The congregation should participate in the acceptance or receiving uh, of a minister like we did for Jeff and Brian and uh, uh, for Kirk. Remember I shared that this is something that we had talked about as a men's group. We wanted to bring him for the congregation to pray and fast for uh, uh, two weeks and then I would lay hands on them unless someone brought accusation against them. Do you remember that? And everybody I asked to be praying for them. Well, that's what the Alvador Church is doing today. They're, they're going to, as a congregation, talk about Kirk. So be, be in prayer. So let's pray. Yes. Yes, they've already, they've already, as a leadership team, decided on that time change. And so, in light of that, Kirk and Melissa will be coming out here to assemble with us on Sunday morning as well. They miss their family. I miss them terribly. I know many of you do. And uh, they love the singing. They love the encouragement out here. Uh, and literally the family, you know, the family field. So, praise the Lord. So, let's pray right now, and then we'll get right back into the program. Father, I'm thankful so much for um, our brother Kirk and sister Melissa Parks. Really super amazing people. You know, Kirk has grown so much in his praise this morning of having become a new creation. Uh, I remember his first sermon. Uh, he had written copious notes and in about 10 minutes he had, he had, he had rushed through them. And uh, now it's great to hear that he is uh, really focused and in preaching a 20-minute, 25-minute sermon that's pointed and powerful. And I'm so thankful for him, so thankful for Melissa, their willingness to serve a congregation where the paid minister, the hireling, walked away uh, because he wanted more money. And uh, so it's just amazing to me how uh, when you are called by God and you have a passion for speaking and teaching and helping people in the truth, how you raise those those men and women up. So I'm thankful for Kirk. But we do pray, Father, that you would strengthen him uh, for the challenges to come. Uh, and I pray that we would come alongside and make sure that he knows that we appreciate and uh, value him uh, very much. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So we're going to sing happy birthday to Eric Johnson. Johnson, you are... It says Eric Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, is there somebody else here besides Eric Johnson? Cynthia. Oh, Cynthia? Cynthia? And Charlotte? No, it's Cynthia? Oh, it's the week of the Johnsons. The reason I said that is Cynthia's not listed on the sheet. Cynthia, I can't believe you're not listed on the sheet. Oh, Saturday? Okay. Well, we're singing to her. <laughs> Let's get it over with right now. <laughs> All right, here we go. Here we go. I don't know how that happened, Tony. It just it happened. So, anyway. 
I was going to announce it if Eric didn't, so that's how that works. <laughs> Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, God bless you. Happy birthday to you. All right. All right. Well, we got some good uh, words of encouragement. Jeff Drillinger, thank you for the great Bible class an exhortation and encouragement uh, to be in God's word. And I have an advertise again. That was amazing. Some of your examples were, man, they were piercing on how critically important the word of God is. I appreciate your your uh, uh, godly example and in investing in the lives of others. Woo, I need some help, Ryan. Can you help me out? Unless one of you guys want to help me out. Preacher, now let's get the preacher and the great white hunter. Come up here. Come on. Man, you should see. You should, no, we're just going to get this one right here. We're going to get this one. We only need one. Unless you want to come up and do it too. There you go. You know where Jeff Drillinger is? Okay, wait. Don't leave. Don't leave. You know, you can go do yours. I'm going to give your brother the next one. Yeah, man, telling you what. We're get this, we've, got, we've got a new show going on this morning. There you go. Sharon, you are such a delightful encourager in the church. Words can't express how many lives you've touched with your kind words, selfless sacrifices, and baked goodies. <laughs> you can tell she bakes good goodies. You are so loved. You know where Karen's at? She's right back there. She's my wife. There you go. Okay. Dizzy, you're such a strong woman, remaining faithful no matter what happens. A true example of perseverance. You're an inspiration, and I like you too. There you go. Give it up for Dizzy. Woohoo! Give it up for Dizzy. I love your new hairstyle. I wish I had from hair to style. So I'm envious. Uh, here we go. Jeff Drillinger, very thoughtful for your lesson this morning. Love how you're bringing things home to make it simple for all to understand. So appreciative of your hard work for the kingdom. You know where Mr. D is? Okay, yeah, I figured you did. All right. Well, Tanya V., Tanya V is not here this morning. I'll have to save that. Are you watching Tanya V? So I'm going to save this till you're here. Uh, Brenda, I'm going to save this one till you're here. Miriam, you're here. All right, Miriam. And look at, isn't that nice in orange? It's awesome. Uh, thank you for always remembering people's birthdays and making everyone feel special. You are one of a kind. You have a big heart, and I love your delightful personality. God has really blessed this church body by giving us Miriam. Can I get an amen on that one? Woohoo! Yeah, there you go. There. Thank you, gentlemen. Next week, if Emma's not here, we'll have you back online. So, all right. So, if you want a calendar, all the all the new calendars are out there, and so you want to grab one when you go. Thank you. Oh, what? Wait, there's more. But wait, there's more. Get back up here, man. I thought you wanted to do this, okay? All right. Desi, you're... <laughs> Don't let your big brother push you around. All right, here you go. Uh, you are such an encouragement to so many. What an amazing example you are because you chose to seek him first. Amen. There you go. Give it up for Desi. Go. Right are you ready for this one? Jamie, so thankful for the many ways you quietly serve and love. I would agree with that one. You know what's really cool? Is my sons had an extra mom. 
especially when they were in Belarus. <laughs> there you go. Give it up. Give it up for Jamie. All right. Any more of those? Going once, going twice. Okay, we're ready to go. Well, let's grab our Bibles. I think I got everything covered. Did I miss something this morning? I think you got it all. All right. Grab your Bibles and turn to the book of Ephesians and chapter 4. Ephesians and 4. How many have ever memorized a passage of Scripture and what you thought the Scripture meant? Well, it wasn't quite that way. How many have ever done that before? You memorize the Scripture and it goes, wait a minute. Well, that's kind of one of those things that happened to me in this passage of Scripture. I really, really love this passage. Therefore, I, the prisoner of the Lord, implore you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling with which you've been called, a calling such as with all humility and gentleness, with patience, showing tolerance for one another in love, being diligent to preserve the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There's one body and one spirit, just as also you were called in one hope of your calling. You know, we have been called in hope to live just like Jesus Christ. And we're going to look this morning, number one, at what tolerance really is. By the way, the world has stolen the word tolerance. The world has stolen that word and redesigned it and repackaged it. And uh, anything goes. If, if, if you think anything goes, you're tolerant. No one taking a stand. There is no right. There is no wrong. Sorry, but that is not truth. I'm going to go with God. I'm going to go with his definition of what tolerance is. By the way, tolerance is manifested in real love. Real love. A love that's sacrificial. A love that's selfless. And it's just, as you read this, it says, showing tolerance for one another in love. How powerful and important that is. You know, this morning, we're not only going to define it, but we're going to look at how Jesus continues to be tolerant and how we're called to be like Jesus, tolerant with one another as we grow in the faith. And then finally, I'm going to show you a couple passages of Scripture where it says... Church, you should never be tolerant about these things. And so notice, the Bible clearly says there are some things we should put our foot down and say, we're not being tolerant of that. No way, no how, nowhere. Now, you can do that with gentleness, but the reality is, is there's some things you have to put your foot down on, and that's what we're going to see. So let's jump right into it. Take a look at the word tolerance there. I'm not even going to try to attempt to uh, uh, say that word in uh, Greek, but I do know it's rather interesting. We do know what it means to endure, to endure, to endure challenges in life situations, to endure difficulties with people who have different thoughts and ideas than you do, different habits, different ways of seeing the world. I'm so glad for the diversity in the church. Now, when I use that word, again, I'm not talking about the diversity of perversity. 
that has happened in the world. I'm talking about we each have diverse gifts. You know, when Jeff gets up and speaks, I mean, he's nothing like you, Eric. Nothing like you. And yet both of them have spoken powerfully in the adult Bible classes. You know, I have to be honest with you, uh, Eric, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to confess. I, this is not a sin. I'm just going to confess I was talking about you here the other day. You know, when you come up and speak and stuff, it's, it's pretty cool. And this last, this last series was really the best you've ever done. And I was telling somebody, it's the hugest blessing in my life when someone comes and asks me, can you help me become a Christian? And then they stand up here and preach and help me to be a better Christian. There's power in that. And I'm so deeply thankful. And over the years, you know, you've, you've put up a lot with me because I'm an A-type personality. Okay? And, uh, and you laugh and it's funny, it's true, isn't it? Man, we've kind of grown up together. That's a beautiful thing. But we chose this thing called tolerance to, to endure. And now I'm receiving the rich blessing and a couple times that we've had coffee, that blessing has come back to me and you're sharing with me your appreciation for laying the foundation. You see, brethren, that's what this is really all about. This is about working together, to grow together, to learn to trust one another. And over the years, Eric's been a constant. His wife has been a constant. And the growth has been tremendous. And so what if we would have just said, I can't stand it, I'm done. Out of here. Then the growth that we've seen in each other and the growth that the body has experienced, if you were here for the Bible adult Bible class last month, it was phenomenal. And then you come and listen to Mr. D. And Mr. D, I was making jokes to him about being an old farmer. Man, this guy is a strong man in the Lord. Man, he lives his word. And he preaches it. And when he preached it this morning, I got choked up. I got pierced through. You see, there's power in tolerance. Now, what is tolerance? It means to endure someone's different world view so that they might grow into a right knowledge, understanding, faith, and maturity in Christ. We're talking about inside the church. I'm not talking about the craziness in the world. Please understand that. We have to put our foot down when it comes to, to righteousness and sin. But we're talking about working together in the church. Some people need growing up. Some people need to mellow out. And, and each person is growing and needs to mature. Now, are we going to tolerate people until they come to a greater knowledge of the truth? The Apostle Paul, Barnabas tolerated him. Can I get an amen on that one? He tolerated him. In fact, there's several people that tolerated the Apostle Paul. And then the Apostle Paul becomes a soft, loving man, still zealous for the truth. I think even more zealous because he was doing it 
with less of a Paul-esque and more of a Christ-like spirit. So, brethren, when we take a look at tolerance, it's so important, we need to understand it means to bear with one another until we all come to maturity. How are you going to trust someone if they're not going to be there for you consistently? How are you going to trust someone if you're not that constant, not giving up? You see, it's so important for us to see that and understand that. Now, I have to be honest with you. To put up with people is exactly what we're talking about here. To put up with people. In fact, we're going to see a passage of scripture where Jesus says, how long am I going to put up with you? It's actually that verbiage. We'll see that in just a moment. Now, it's not like he's angry. He's just going, man, this is a long haul kind of job. You can just kind of tell it in his voice. All right. Now, he never gave up on anybody. People gave up on him. I don't know about you, but that's called a great example of tolerance. Now, how are we going to get this done? We're going to get this done with love. You know, the word love there is the love of God. It's not phileo. It's not the friendship love. It's the love of God. You know, the love of God will sacrifice itself for others until they finally make it. Aren't you glad that God loves you that way? Have you made it yet? You haven't heard, well done, thou good and faithful servant yet. So he's still loving on you and he's still tolerating you in love in some of the things that you're still doing. I don't know about you, but that's grace, man. You take a look at Ephesians in chapter 2. Just turn the page. That's all you got to do in chapter 2. Look at verse 4. But God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. That's a statement there. But God being rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loved us. You know what tolerance is on God's economy? is being merciful to someone until they get it. Now, again, we're talking about the brethren. Someone becomes a Christian, and they don't know anything about this great and amazing glory of God life. Just as we've talked about before, when a baby comes from the womb, all they know how to do is cry and, 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 and do fun things in their diapers and uh, you know throw up and... You know, that's all they know how to do. Great. A baby Christian. They only become a Christian. They still have to be renewed in the spirit of their mind. Guess what they're going to do? They're going to do a lot of the stuff they used to do because they have to have their mind changed. So that's where the tolerance comes in, brethren. There's going to be more people coming into the church. Got lots of Bible studies, lots of folks that are not yet Christians, and some of you do too. And when they come into the church, you can't expect them to walk in a manner worthy of the calling of what you've been called with all patience and all kindness and all gentleness. You can't expect them to do that. That's where, I love it, tolerance comes in. See? It's within the context of the body. I don't know about you, but those who have tolerated me, and I wish Kirk and Melissa were here, Man, I just pulled some super boneheads when we were first starting out and 
I kind of threw them under the bus a couple, three times. Didn't know I'd done that. And then I put it in reverse, really didn't understand I was doing that either. You know, kind of run them over and, and you know, back up. Boom, 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 boom. What was that? Boom, boom, boom. Well, let's get going. Boom, boom, boom. It's like, I didn't know what I was doing. And you know what? They put up with me. They took me aside and said, you need to know something. You see this tread mark on my face? Well, that's from you. Now, it was nice because they took me aside privately and did that, but they were tolerant. They, they, they had a greater heart of Christ in that area and thankful because, you know, Kirk, as many of the men who speak here, are growing me up and helping me grow and become a better man. See, because of tolerance, the power that we can trust each other because they're gonna, you're going to stick with me no matter what. I'm going to stick with you no matter what. That's love. I'm not going to leave you or forsake you. That's love that motivates tolerance. You know, when things get really crazy, I have to be honest with you, I, I don't know if you've ever seen this before, but thing like, when things get really intense, the real person on the inside comes out and it's kind of frightening sometimes. Some things you haven't gotten figured out yet, when the pressure's on, it kind of oozes out. Well, if the pressure continues to grow as we see it growing in the world, we're going to have to grow in tolerance for each other. Right? We're just going to have to do that. We have to choose that. And there's power in that, because I know I can depend on you. I know I can trust you. You've been there and will continue to be there. That's really what this is about. Now let's take a look really quickly at the loving tolerance of Christ. Point number two, the tolerance and love of our Lord. Matthew 17, 17. There's that passage of scripture I was telling you about. It's like Jesus, honestly, if you're going to read between the lines, he's basically saying, when are you going to get it figured out? That's kind of what he's saying here. Matthew chapter 17 and verse 17. Notice what he says here uh, in the context of, of you know, people crowding around him. And they, they just don't get it quite yet. And Jesus answered and said, You unbelieving and perverted generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring, me, bring him here to me. And then Jesus cast the demon out. Notice he asked two questions. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I put up with you? Here's a question. Jesus only was in his earthly ministry for how many years? We know at 33 years old, but how many years earthly ministry? Three. How many years has he put up with us? Thousands. Man, talk about a guy that's taller. So he says, I'm only going to be here a little bit longer, but how long am I going to put up with you? Until you get it. You know what the cool thing is? Is he lets us choose to get it or not get it. There's, there's the rub. Who's, who's really the pressure? It's on us. He's already done the work. And he's still living it. So, so important. Hey, look at, look at uh, uh, Mark 9, 19 when you get a minute. It's, it's kind of interesting too. Romans 2. Look at Romans chapter 2. We're going to read verses 1 through 4. Romans 2 verses 1 through 4. This shows you the great uh, uh, tolerance of God. 
Therefore, you have no excuse, every one of you who passes judgment, for in that which you judge another, you condemn yourself. Uh, for you who judge practice the same things. And we know that the judgment of God rightly falls upon those who practice such things. But do you suppose this, O man, when you pass judgment on those who practice such things and do the same yourself, that you'll escape the judgment of God? Or, or, or do you think lightly, or, or are you just kind of, it's not important. Do you think lightly of the riches of his kindness, the riches of his tolerance, and the riches of his patience? not knowing that the kindness of God leads you to repentance. You know, tolerance gives, someone's, gives someone time to make changes. That's not to just let them go and do whatever they want, but it's to, that gentleness in speaking with people, that kindness in speaking with people to help them grow, but not cut them off. You know, it's rather interesting. One of the other things about the definition of, of uh, uh, tolerance, it's to treat everyone with equanimity. If you remember, we looked at that word equanimity a long time ago. It was up on the screen because I had no clue what that word was. And probably you're going, I forgot, you know? So I had to look it up again. The equanimity means like totally cool, even-tempered, Things are going crazy. People are doing stuff. No problem. You just deal with it. No judgment. You take care of it. You talk to them later <clears throat> privately, just like the parks did for me. It's powerful, powerful. Well, that's what God does for us. Now, I want you to turn to the next the back page. The loving tolerance of Christ chosen you and I. Ephesians 3, there. I'm sorry, Ephesians chapter 4, excuse me. In Ephesians 4, notice the words that are connected here. This is what's so important. Humility, an absolute humble spirit before God, will allow us to be gentle. And do you remember what gentle meant? Gentle meant not becoming angry and opposed to God's will, but allowing his will to be done even in difficult times. And then you build on that with, with patience, long suffering. You add time frame to that challenge and difficulty. And then here you go one step further. You're willing to tolerate that in love for the other person to grow up. Talk about a way to build trust in a family, way to build trust in a church. Way to build trust in a business. God's way is always the right way. It's always the right way. Well, let's go to Colossians 3. You know, tolerance is going to lead to something very beautiful. In Colossians 3, these are the facets of God's glory. And believe it or not, this word, tolerance, is one of the facets of God's glory. Aren't you thankful God is tolerant? Wow, it's awesome. Here we go. So as those who have been chosen of God, holy and beloved, put on, we are to do this, put on a heart of compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Isn't that interesting? It's the same line, same words as Ephesians. 
Exact same words, exact same line of thinking. You're building, building, building. So you're a strong man. You're a strong woman for those who are not as mature and you're helping them to grow into faith. And then when both have grown into faith, then both can build each other up. I see Eric as my equal. I look forward to the times when he speaks. Again, go back and listen to his lessons. They were powerful. They really helped me a lot put some priorities back in place. See, that's, that's critical stuff. And so it's important for us to recognize this tolerance is really going to come back and bless you and going to bless the church body because you're growing in Christ-likeness from humility first, then to gentleness, then to patience, long-suffering into this amazing thing called tolerance, which is going to produce an amazing outcome for the church. Look, it says, bearing with one another. That word, bearing with one another, is tolerance, forgiving each other, whoever has a complaint against anyone. Just as the Lord forgave you, so also should you. Beyond all these things, put on love. Love is what should be infused through all of it, which is the perfect bond of unity. It's going to bring us together. When you do these things in the love of Christ, no strings attached, selflessly concerned about others, brother, I'll tell you what, it's going to be amazing. Actually, what we have seen here, and you may not necessarily feel that way, but when you go and spend time with other bodies, there's infighting, there is second questioning, there is, there's a caste system in the church. And if you're not at a level, then you're not talked to or they talk to. Have you ever noticed what happens here? Everybody's talking with everybody. Everybody's talking with everybody. If you need some help, people are stepping up to help. It's not like that in most bodies. And I'm not bragging, I'm just saying we're getting it. Praise God, we're getting it. It's powerful. When people get it and they start to invest, it gets better. And others who come from the outside can't fully understand what they're seeing, but they see something different. This unity is because the love infused in all of these things, it's always about the other person. It's not about yourself. It's always about the other person. He who waters others waters himself. These character qualities are all built to water others. And it will always come back to you. That's how God designed it. Now, the book of Hebrews 13, 22, you could read that one too. It's kind of funny because I almost feel like I need to do that too. Let's read Hebrews chapter 13, verse 22 before I start my sermon. Bear with me while I harangue you for an hour. That's kind of what the guy's saying here, okay? In other words, be willing to tolerate what I'm about to say. Well, I'm not going to go there. You can read it yourself. But here are the two things that you should never tolerate. One of them is outside of you, and one of them is inside of you. Are you ready? And by the way, same Greek word. Don't tolerate. Don't put up with. Don't allow it for a second. 
Are you ready? You say, wow, I didn't know Christians were supposed to be intolerant. In this, these two things, yes, you should be intolerant. God says so. Well, let's take a look. Do not tolerate false teachers and deceivers. 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. Let's turn there real quick. Man, the, the, the world is filled with false teachers. In fact, Paul said it's going to get worse. More and more false teachers. More and more deceivers. All driven by self-will. That guy out at, at Avador was making great money and he wanted to go make more money somewhere else. And all he was doing is preaching one sermon a week. He was paid for 14 hours of research so he could preach a sermon. 14 hours of a 40-hour work week to research? Man, I don't know about you, but if you're reading the Bible every day, you don't need 14 hours to develop a sermon. Besides, was that 14 hours is not working with people. How about you get up early, and I'm not <laughs> pitching anything, do your own study every day, and then you can be working with more people. Crazy. Listen to what Paul says. I want to begin there in uh, verse 16. Get the context. Paul says, and, and this is with all these false teachers that were coming in and destroying his reputation. Again, I say, let no one think me foolish, but if you do receive me as a foolish, so that I also may boast a little. What I am saying, I'm not saying as the Lord would, but as the as in foolishness, in this confidence of boasting. Since many boast according to the flesh, I will boast also. Now, brethren, can I share something with you? The Holy Spirit allowed that to be written, which means it's the word of God. Paul says this is my opinion, but God allowed him to say, look, boasting to protect the truth is important. But now let's listen to what he says here. Verse 19. For you being so wise, you Christians in uh, Corinth are so wise, you tolerate the foolish gladly, those who boast arrogantly, those who take advantage of you. He says in verse 20, for you tolerate it if anyone enslaves you, anyone devours you, anyone takes advantage of you, anyone exalts himself, anyone who hits you in the face. To my shame, I must say that I have been weak in comparison. There are preachers out there that are doing that and have done that. Santa Clara, Church of Christ, was split wide open by a guy who wanted to turn it into a mega church. And he came to me and Melissa Parks and Kirk Parks, he came to them. He said, listen, you can only go two places. You either at our Pleasant Hill or at Santa Clara. I said, the elders here ordained me. This is my home church. They called me to go out to Pleasant Hill to help reestablish it. He said, that's not how it works here now. He's like, wait a minute, the elders are still here. That's not how it works here now. You have to choose. I said, I'm choosing Pleasant Hill. He went to every one of the college-age kids and said, where are you going to go? What are you going to do? Some came out here. Some stayed there. That guy was absconding with the money. They ran him out. Thank goodness. He established another church. Guess what he was doing? Same thing. 
You see, there's guys out there that are taking advantage of people. What about someone who just comes out and just preaches the word? That's why I appreciate so much the men here. They come and they preach. Brethren, if you're not preaching the truth, if the guy's not preaching the truth, you need to take him aside and speak with them. Aquila and Priscilla took Apollos aside and spoke with him kindly. And he changed his tune. He started preaching Jesus and obedience to the gospel so that people could be saved. You see, it's so important. And I don't believe Apollos was intentionally being a false teacher. He just didn't have all the information. But finally, let's look at the last one. This is an inside one. Guard yourself against an apostate heart. What does the word apostate mean? Does anybody know? What's an apostate heart? It's cancerous for sure. It means to fall away from the truth. Take a look with me really quickly. 2 Timothy chapter 4. You should never let this happen in your life. Unfortunately, it happens all too often. Satan is so subtle about drawing people away from the truth. Look at what it says in 2 Timothy chapter 4. And I want to begin in verse 4. Paul is so concerned. Uh, actually, let's do verse 1. Paul is so concerned about people who have lost their love of the truth. I solemnly charge you in the presence of God and of Christ Jesus, who is to judge the living and the dead, and by his appearing in his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. For the time will come when they will not endure, they will not tolerate sound doctrine. But wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desires and will turn away their uh, ears from the truth and will turn aside to myths. Brethren, that's what happens. Churches have individuals that start murmuring about the truth and then pretty soon they're like gangrene and people want people to tick preachers to tickle their ears. Give me the fun stuff. Give me the good stuff. Give me the easy stuff and I'll pay your way. Just don't tell me I'm accountable to the creator of the universe. Brethren, I don't know about you, but when we all stand before King Jesus on Judgment Day, are you listening? When we all stand before King Jesus on Judgment Day, and if you're watching, and I stand up there, and I've been a false teacher, darkest outer darkness, darkest outer darkness for the false teacher, that's what it says. I don't want to go there. I'm so thankful that he saved me. I'm so thankful that the scriptures that we use help people become Christians. Brethren, don't ever reject the truth. As I've said before, I'll say again. Test every preacher to see if what they're saying is true. Don't just say, well, that's a good sermon, preacher. No, you go back and check and see if it's true. Check me out. And if I've made a mistake, come to me privately. And many of you have seen me get up here and say, I taught something incorrectly. I went back and researched it. And this is where all of the verses on that particular subject now point. 
Brethren, that's the kind of preacher, teacher, preachers, teachers you want are preaching the truth. Don't ever want your ears tickled. Always want the truth. The truth is tough. The truth is hard. The truth pierces when you're not living according to that standard. Don't reject it just because of that. Because on the last day, you too will stand before King Jesus. And you'll either hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Faith comes from God's word. Enter into your rest or depart from me. There's only two folks. I want everyone that I've worked with to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Enter into your rest. And if it sounds like I'm beating you up, I'm not. I want you in heaven. I want all of us in heaven. Brethren, tolerance is a powerful tool. I'm so glad that over the years I've been learning how to be tolerant. I'm also glad that, that uh, the parks were tolerant because they've been such a wonderful blessing, not just to me, but to all of us. We need to learn tolerance. We need to understand that people are not all of the same place that we are. And if they have been immersed in the Christ for the right reason, we want to help them grow. Amen? Let's pray. Father, in closing, help us to understand that we should, in love, be gracious, merciful, long-suffering, willing to give time, and careful, thoughtful, loving words of encouragement and help so that someone else can grow. Father, I pray that we would see that trust is built when people are tolerant of one another as they grow. We should not tolerate sin, dear Heavenly Father. When someone is covertly and overtly sinful and working to destroy the church, such as false teachers and deceivers, they should be called to account. But the vast majority of the folks in the church who are struggling are not doing it deceitfully to, to take advantage of, but rather are struggling because the devil has them held captive in that area of their life. Help us to discern the truth in our working with people, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Come on, let's all stand up and let's get excited. What did Jesus say to do? He said to go. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Get all excited. Go tell everybody that Jesus Christ is king. Jesus Christ is still the king of kings. King of kings. All right, let's go do her. Thanks once again for listening. To download today's lesson plan or find out more about Cornerstone Truth Podcast and our church, please go to www.cornerstonetruth.org or email us at thecornerstonetruth at gmail.com. Have a blessed week.